laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Murs and David Horning on this week's episode. The only thing that really corrupts people is resources and power. Power and resources are kind of interconnected. And if you aren't corrupted by those things and you're not mentally ill, I think anybody can be good and, and create a good society. You can get rid of those things. Yeah. I think we'd be good. We'd be good on off. Steve, do you wanna do you wanna welcome everyone to this episode? <laughs> welcome to our virtual meeting uh, slash podcast. You can't laugh at that. Uh, with myself and uh, David Horning here and uh, the occasional Jeremy, who's not allowed to talk unless he has a really good idea. Right. Um, we, we give him <laughs> a cap of six lines. Right. <laughs> and he in one place. My best idea right now is not to talk. Oh, shit. You get <laughs> six one. syllables. Now you have a deficit. Now you have four syllables next week. <laughs> <laughs> so make them good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are going to, um, well, we were go- originally going to kind of do an overview of a couple of the newer stand-up specials that just came out and, uh, you know, how they tackled some of the touchy subjects. Um, but I was watching Mark Marin's special on Netflix. Um, uh, what is it called? End Times Fun. And I had never seen Marin perform before, and it blew me away how well he crafted his jokes based around like religious beliefs. And uh, he used an amazing analogy on there that I want to kind of dive right into. Um, and then once I watched that special, I went back and listened to some of his older specials, and kind of uh, I was very interested in in how he viewed religion. And it's interesting to watch an evolution of how. He kind of uh, goes from special in 2002 all the way to this one and the ways that he's found different ways to laugh at um, people's fixed belief systems, uh, whether you're Jewish, which he is, or Christian, or extremist Christian, or atheist, or vegan, or uh, uh, a more modern religion that he kind of goes over in this, uh, in this clip. Uh, that we're about to to listen to or to watch to listen to just for copyright reasons we should probably not show i just want to point out that he's not jewish he is a jew okay he's a jew yeah there's a difference yeah he makes that point over and over again and he also says well you know i'm i'm not an atheist i just don't care (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which which is a a proper distinction but uh, we'll get into that in a minute Uh, so, Jeremy, if you want to take us away with uh, the clip from End Times Fun, Mark Marin, uh, you can find this special on Netflix. You know, I don't know if I was ever taught to use God, how to use God. We were told he was there, but most of what you learn as a middle-class American Jew is that you're better than other people, and <laughs> you should say you're a Jew out loud occasionally, sometimes out of context. <laughs> like, those, those are the basic rules. And we are better than other people, I'm sorry. I know that's why we're so contemptible to some of you, but yeah, that's true. 
And yeah, you just kind of say you're a Jew, like maybe at dinner someone says something and you say like, well, I'm a Jew. And, and it doesn't make sense to anybody really. And the one other Jew there kind of knows that you're taking the hit. Like you're the target now. And uh, but I'm glad you did your part today. But I don't know, you know, the, the Jesus thing, that's different. You know, that's kind of dug in. Right? If you got the Jesus put in you early on, it's usually terrified into you by terrified parents and you're taken someplace once a week and he scares you, um, at the very least. Uh, that, that's the best thing that can happen is just the basic fear, the God fear is good. Leave it at that. And that kind of sticks in there. It sticks in a little deeper. You know, so I'm not judging you know, your, your, your faith, do whatever you gotta do to get by, right? Jesus, Buddha, Allah, Yahweh, the Marvel Universe, I think works for some people. It's a very popular belief system. They claim that it isn't, but I think it kinda is, because I've poked at the Marvel Universe fans, and they react like religious fanatics. They, and it's dug in there pretty deep. They'll, they will claim, the grown male nerd children, will claim, that it's just entertainment and why do I gotta be some sort of buzzkill? Why am I bullying them? Well, quite frankly, I think at this point, nerd culture, I'm punching up, all right? They're no longer, you know, the huddled weirdos. They, they now sort of run the cultural apparatus. And I'm not, like, I'm not saying, yeah, I am saying it's a shitty thing, but what I'm saying is that I think it's a belief system and I don't think they're willing to admit that. There's a couple of bubbles, you know? You've got the, the Fox News bubble, which is evil and malignant. You've got the broader Christianity bubble, which can go either way. And then you've got, you know, the, the Marvel Universe bubble, which is culturally malignant, and, but not as evil as Fox, but it's troubling. It's troubling for a couple of reasons. One of them culturally is being like, if you're a grown-up who uh, doesn't feel like they need or want to see those movies, you kind of feel bullied into going and you have to literally resist. Like, I'm not going to go because you know people, they're like, ah, maybe it'll be fun. Don't go, don't do it. Don't give in, you're a grown-up and you don't know what it'll do to your brain. Brains are very soft. They're a lot softer than we assume. There's a lot of people that are, you know, allowing themselves to become stupid and they don't even know it. And it's sad when you're their friend. So, but like, you know, for grown-up movies, the, you know, the studios put so much money into those Marvel movies and it kind of pushes the grown-up movies into your home, which is fine. But, it, you know, sometimes you want to see a movie like a movie with an audience, not just with your cat in my case. So... You know, it, sometimes because of Marvel movies, you have to drive 25, 30 miles to a smaller theater to see a good adult independent film with other human beings, like-minded people, where you all get to leave at the end, confused by the ending. <laughs> and you can overhear other people saying things like, did he die at the end or he didn't? Why is that not clear? Wow, even watching that for the third time, like, I, I discovered other things that he's doing with that bit. It's all right. So, for example, he's he uses a Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom as a religion, like as a major organized religion. Like his the parallels for for the joke are amazing. Well, first of all, let's start uh, how he starts about talking about how he's a Jew, and. Um, and like he judged, like he punches down on his own faith that he came up with to kind of, to kind of, um, I don't know, like soften the blow when he, like he does this every time he talks about religion. So he'll punch down, down on his own faith or, um, 
you know, being a Jew, he's so he kind of like lowers himself to the mm-hmm. level of the audience, if not below the audience. Right. I mean, I think, you know, that's a great, it's a great tactic for doing that, especially if you're going to challenge somebody's beliefs. Um, it's some relatively subtle sarcasm. I mean, sometimes it seems like, Oh, I hope everybody's getting this. I hope everybody's getting this, you know? Yeah. I've said, uh, I've had times where I don't like talking about Jews on stage because it just sounds like everybody's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Uh, I always would, would say that Jews aren't magical. Stop treating them exceptionally, but also stop treating them like trash. There's, there's just people and that needs to stop because both directions is out of hand and they're interrelated and it's kind of weird and just, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to the point of basically everything that he says is they're just people. They're just people with beliefs, and that's it. Just a little that's bit more all. narcissistic than everyone else, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not he really, does a good job. think about it. Yeah. More openly narcissistic, I don't know. Yeah, no, he does a good job of, of uh, kind of punching down on that at first. So he, he spends a few seconds talking about that. And then, uh, and then he, you know, talks about, you know, Jesus and using Jesus, uh, how most people have Jesus terrified into them (laughs) by terrified parents, which is so true. Did you, did you go to church as a kid, Steve? Yes, I did. And, uh, I remember, uh, I was not raised Catholic. Well, not, not, not all my family's Catholic, but part of it was. So it was like one of those things where. Uh, one time I went to a church here in Cleveland, I think it was in Old Brook, it doesn't matter, but it was uh, some, you know, I went to my first communion, right? And it was weird because I went and they had a, uh, <laughs> I just remember looking at this big painting in like the lobby of like, you know, the corridor or whatever, the area, uh, and being like, that painting scares me. <laughs> and then they all like, had an intervention because I'm like, I see ghosts. I don't know. I was just being a kid and they're all like, Oh no, we need to really like, we need to like fix this right away because this go, could go in the wrong direction. And then I had to go talk to the priest and guess who the priest was a British woman. <laughs> what? So weird. And she was in the basement cooking like, you know, the meal with like everybody, all the staff or whatever. And like, it was just, they had to like write the course on my on my impression of this weird biblical painting I saw, and I was just right. I saw a painting and I scared the shit out of me because it should. I mean, it was a picture depicting some weird religious shit, and uh, yeah, I was probably like eight. Weird times. Weird times. But yeah, I, yeah, you know, I was yeah. just yeah, I was raised very intermittently as a church going here and there, but. Yeah, it was always, you know, uh, you better watch what you do, watch what you say. You're being watched at all times. And, I mean, they're, they're only telling me that because that's what they were told and that's what their parents were told and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and, their parents and so on. Um, you know, and once you're told something that's passed down for generations long enough, it becomes just truth. Um, and, I mean, I'd like, <laughs> I never look forward to going to church as a kid. I mean, who does? Oh, Very yeah. like the um, first of all, I have two days off. Like you're gonna make me do something I don't want to do. You're gonna make me wear something that's totally uncomfortable, and then and then yell at me, and then be like, "Why don't you like going to church, David?" I don't know. Maybe because you yelled at me for being a kid the whole time. Like all I wanted Maybe to do as a child, I know there's something innately wrong with all of this. 
Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, it seemed, it, it was normal to me for a while, but then once I started like learning to think for myself, it was like, man, everybody's, I don't know, everybody's singing together and everybody knows all the words and the lines and I know all the words and all the lines and is this, you know, what's going on with me? Like, why am I part of this? Why are, they? and then, and then, you know, I went to Catholic schools growing up, so I was surrounded by just a bunch of people who were taught the exact same things as me, so I had no worldview. And then I get to college and I take world religions class and I was like, holy shit. These are all different interpretations of the same things based off of where they lived in the world and what time period they were created and what was going on in the world at that time. But it's all different interpretations of like science, essentially. The good in religion is that it is a shared belief system that unites people. Um, and then, you know, we create societal norms and rules and laws based off of that. Without that, you know, we'd still be living in the forest foraging berries. That is as pagans. No, they were pagan. <laughs> I think it was some sort of paganism, but very like proto-paganism, maybe. This is hunter-gatherers, but... Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It took them a while to come up with stories, but I mean, fear is a great way to get people into believing something, and then you just pass that down from generation to generation, and uh, here we are. You can't laugh at that. And then he makes like a, a subtle Catholic priest jab which, uh, I mean, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The way he did it was pretty funny. Uh, scared into, by a scary guy or whatever. I don't remember what he says exactly. but Yeah, I never went into detail about that British woman. She still molested me, just so you know. Oh, <laughs> just because just she was a British woman doesn't mean that she didn't molest me. That's, You're right. She molested me with words. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was a weird time. <laughs> this wine, this grape juice tastes weird. <laughs> that grape painting juice. was actually <laughs> that painting was a hallucination by the grape juice <laughs> that she gave you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's why you're so enlightened. You were given uh, you were given LSD by a priest. Cool. Laughing. So then he uh, so then he starts talking about the Marvel universe, and uh, which he parallels to being a religion because if you talk to somebody who is like super into it, like they will, they will get mad at you. If you knock like any story, they don't like it when you challenge the, the validity of the Marvel universe, like Marvel versus DC. How dare you make that comparison? Marvel yeah. is leave, like leaps and bounds better than DC. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Marvel movies. I'm, I'm a sucker for those. Like, I grew up with superheroes and it's great. But if you were to challenge my like my interest in them, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. Whatever. Moving on. It's not important. But to some people Batman Superman, Muhammad yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Maybe the, the classic classic rivalries of, of history. But with the uh, I mean, how many movies do they put out a year? You know, how many uh, comic books do they put out? Like, there's so much content. There are, there are millions, uh, I'm sure at this point, millions of videos on YouTube of people, like, breaking down their theory of what's going on in their, like, Marvel Universe Bible. And it's, it's such a good way. Like, once he started, once he brought up the Marvel Universe after bringing up Christianity, I was like, oh, I love where this is going. Thank yeah. You. 
because I mean, when what do you think of when you think of religion? Fan fiction. Like the first thing, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, that's it. Uh, <laughs> whoever wrote the Bible was just fan fictioning the Torah, and whoever wrote, you know, Islam is just fan fictioning the Torah and the New Testament. Yeah, just introducing new characters. Right. <laughs> just yeah. so, it's just like everything's piggybacked. It's so sad. It's like, oh man. And then uh and then uh we're we're waiting for the one guy to come back, the hero from the the, <laughs> the second <Yeah>. the uh <laughs> the second phase of the Bible cinematic universe to come back in the third phase. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. Passion of the Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the first superhero movie. No, I mean <laughs> Thanks, Mel Gibson. When you think of religion, like you think of Christianity, you think of Judaism, you think of Islam. Uh, but what people don't think of when they think of religion are other belief systems that are ingrained in people. Because that's, I mean, that's a shared belief system. So what else is religion? Capitalism, communism, socialism, uh, veganism, atheism is a religion. I mean, you, the list goes on and on. Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been deified almost in our culture. Mm-hmm. to the point where like we got if you were to take this back 200 years people were talking about all these characters like do you think the religious zealots would have it i mean do you think they would be <laughs> they they would resist that right i mean why do you think they outlawed jedi in australia or whatever <laughs> or i forget <laughs> where it was right that's like, an actual oh, none of this lightsaber <laughs> stuff stop it yeah. this isn't real but anyway yeah, Jesus. So- I mean, Star Wars too. Uh, I mean, what Harry Potter is banned in uh, in some libraries for being like into witchcraft. And it's like, yo, it's a kid's story. Like, partially because Hagrid is gay. <laughs> or was it Dumbledore? Real. I can't remember. Dumbledore. I kept, I kept it was Dumbledore. Mixed up. When I when I heard Dumbledore, I thought of Hagrid because I'm, I'm like, sure oh, J.K. I'm sure J.K. Rowling will come out and say, "Oh no, Hagrid was super into being pegs." Like, <laughs> we don't, we don't need to know this stuff. If it isn't vital to the story, let us theorize. Whatever. Harry, you crossed the line. These are religions to an extent, and like, you know, why do you think, why do you think, you know, Christian fundamentalists ban Harry Potter? It's stealing the show. That's what it's yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> need to constantly be pay, like reading the Bible and like breaking down the Bible. It's like, yo, you need a new, you need a sequel, guys. Through the pages, and they're like, this is so much better. We need to ban this. Yeah, this is so much better. <laughs> it's much more promising. <laughs> what? There's no rule. The whole thing is like a parable. You mean there's lessons buried in the actions of these people, and not an entire section of rules? Right. They have Quidditch. All we have is stoning. <laughs> we don't even have any sports in the Bible. Right. Where is the B story? Like I would like, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're so focused on Jesus. We're so like for an entire book. Mm-hmm. There's no B story, man. Until he got until he dies, and then you get your B story. And it's like, no, you got to put run those concurrently. Right. Don't you know? Don't you know storytelling? I wasn't there any disciple spin-off series. Right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like when when is Netflix going to get a series about Peter, <laughs> you know? Like I want yeah. I want that. 
And then I want him to show up in the movie, in the theater, so everyone was like, oh my God, Peter's here, no spoilers. Like, <laughs> I want to reframe the entire Bible as a Marvel Cinematic Universe style story where these characters with magical superpowers come together and defeat Satan and the Romans and the Jews. Did you need to emphasize the Jews? <laughs> yes. Jews. The Jews. Just to say the Jews. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, um, where was I? Uh, so so he, he equates the Marvel Universe uh, to a religion. So that when later in the special, he is, uh, so he goes on, we won't listen to it because it's a lot of Marin and it's a really long bit, but he goes into how the world is going to end. Like he talks about how um, a lot of uh, po politicians are evangelical Christians and their thing is waiting for the end of the world to come. He's like, don't you think maybe they're putting some policies in place that'll speed that up? And, uh, and then he goes into a bit on Mike Pence and how he's like, gay and, uh, <laughs> and he is uh, told, Mike Pence is told that God isn't real at the, at the very end while the world is ending. So he just starts sucking oh, yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just yeah. starts sucking dicks of people who are dying. And, uh, and then Jesus comes back and Mike Pence is like, no, I, I was told you weren't real. And Jesus is like, and he's like begging Jesus to get into heaven. And Jesus is like, well, there's one thing you can do. Uh, so Mike Pence starts. So the joke ends with Mike Pence sucking Jesus's dick. And, uh, and then, and then he goes into vivid detail about this scene and then reveals that Jesus is actually like, he removes his mask and it's Satan the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the audience, because the audience is like kind of not on board with Mike Pence sucking Jesus's dick. They're like, all right, man. That's, we get it. It's a little much. And then when he reveals it's Satan, he brings the audience back into it. Yes. Uh, and then he draws attention to it. He's like, what did, what did you think? I would have Mike Pence suck Jesus' dick in this joke? Um, mm -hmm. and, then, uh, and then the Avengers come. <laughs> like, it's this whole convoluted bit where it's just like, what's the difference? And then Jesus joins the Avengers. So it's, it's a great way to kind of soften the blow when he actually is attacking people's religious beliefs later in the, in the special, um, you know, by equating the Marvel Cinematic Universe to religion. It gets people distracted on what he's actually talking about. Uh, because he, like, there's such parallels, like, uh, people who are into the Marvel Universe aren't willing to admit that it's a belief system, uh, which, I mean, if you spend so much time a day ingesting uh, content, that is like all the same, it becomes part of your belief system. Uh, when he talks about feeling bullied into going to see Marvel movies, which is kind of like how we were uh, sent to church as kids. Uh, and you don't know what it'll do, it'll do to your brain. Your brains are really malleable. Your brains are, you know, can be molded and you don't know what it'll do to your brain. Like same thing with religion. So he's telling a religion joke, but framing it as going to a Marvel movie. And then he talks about how it's harder to go to like independently produced ambiguous movies that are, you know, aren't the big budget blockbusters and he has to drive 25 to 30 minutes to get there. And then at the end, we're talking about did he die at the end? Like it's, uh, it's, it's such a good parallel. 
I, I watched it a couple times and I was like, man, this guy must have been doing comedy for a while. <laughs> Side note, I love when I first started doing comedy, I wanted to make a point too. Um, and it takes like so much practice and so much getting up on stage to make to to write a set like he did um, that attacks people's lives. Like you can if you can find a way. I don't know. It takes a long time to really hone that skill to be able to attack people's belief systems. <laughs> and like me, alongside so many other comics, you know, who are newer, get up on stage and try to do that. It's like you can't just come right out and attack people's belief systems if you want them to be on board with what you're saying. They try too hard too soon, and I did that a little bit when I started and throughout the years here and there. But uh, after a while, I'm like, religion is just really tired unless I have the really original point of view and something really interesting and funny to say, then I'm not going to touch on it. Right. Right. I mean, you are, you are digging deep into people's psyches, into a belief, probably one of the first belief systems that they ever had. Uh, especially if you're in, in, you know, in front of a, of a painting comedy club audience, if you're in front of a bunch of comedians, chances are everybody's jaded on religion anyway. Yeah. I've never mentioned atheism on stage ever, ever. Cause no. it's just people off. Some people go right into it and it's like, what are you doing? Like make them laugh. Stop telling people about how dumb you think everything is. It's not going to come out as funny. Right. Stop. No, it's not. It's it, you're just stop pandering. Stop lecturing you're me hurting, you're hurting feelings too i'm always trying not to step on too many people's you know beliefs it's like they're not bad people just leave them alone right Stop. right you can do whatever you want but you're gonna suck that's the problem <laughs> yeah you know. Mar martin luther king didn't come out and just attack people's beliefs you know he, right. he presented a vision first yeah and you know and that's that's how you do it. You have to get people focused on something else to make them not realize they're actually laughing at themselves uh, because people aren't like I'm. I'm ready to laugh at myself all the time because that's like my coping mechanism when when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, in the case of an audience, they come to to forget their problems, and if you make fun of who they are as a person, like that, that you're not doing your job. Make fun of yourself. It's like put them in a place of comfort. They love laughing right. at, at your shortcomings. So it's like that's why you as a comic should, you know, do that. It, or that's a good route to go. It's a safe route. Of course. Why do you think Marin starts by punching down on his own beliefs? Every yeah. single every single religious joke he's on on every single album uh, that I listen to, he starts by making fun of Judaism. He starts by making fun of his Jewiness, his upbringing, him, his cynicism, uh, the fact that he judges people. Uh, I mean, just, so he opens, he knows, he knows what he's doing. I mean, you know, he, if looks you're gonna like if each, he, or he looks like if Tommy Chong went out as Steven Spielberg for Halloween. Does he, does he use that? That's kind of funny. No, I'm just saying that's my impression of him. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks like a cross between Tommy Chong and, and, and Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Too soon. He goes into, in his older albums, so like I said, I went into, I decided to dig a little bit deeper and see how else, because you can't have that many opinions about religion in your most recent special and have nothing about 
religion in any of your previous specials. And man, it's like there's an entire specials worth of religion in his previous specials that I uh, <laughs> I went through and kind of broke down because I'm a nerd and it's quarantine and fuck it if it's going to help me be a little bit better as a comedian while learning how other comics do it, I'm going to do it. Um. It's inspiring to watch comics. I forgot how, you know, if there's someone that's really good that I really like, it's it, you watch it and you're like, ah, oh, you're getting all kinds of uh, ideas on how to approach, you know, telling jokes or stories. Yeah. No. Yeah, Marin's simply one of my favorites personally, but. You've met, you've met him, right? A couple times, yeah. Yeah. Did you, did he, uh, did he give you all the secrets? Uh, no, it was brief, very brief conversations. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about comedy, but not, not a ton. Um, not normally shy when it comes to talking to people like that, uh, about comedy in general or approaching them about something or other, as long as it's somewhat specific. He reminds me a lot of Carlin and just the, the topics that he brings up and uh, he's a little bit more creative in car than, than Car Carlin was very on the nose. Like when you went to see a George Carlin show, you knew you were kind of getting a lecture. Um, he did it differently. And that's why it's so funny to watch. Like I, I liked to think that I would be like Carlin, but I'm not a lecturer. Like if you're going to make a point, the best way to do it is by making people laugh. Because if you can get them to laugh at themselves, like if you can get them to laugh at themselves without realizing they're laughing at themselves, you've made a better point than if you were to just sit there and lecture them for an hour on religion or politics or whatever. Um, and Marin does a great job of tying the humor into it. Uh, for example, well, let's uh, let's listen to his. A uh, bit from Not Sold Out, which is his 2002 album. Uh, this was right after 9-11 happened. And uh, so he's talking to a friend about, uh, a friend from L.A. Uh, and versus, you know, living in New York, because Marin lived in New York on 9-11. And I'm like, you know, look, you got earthquakes in L.A. Our city may be the target of terrorism, but yours is the target of God. And God, of course, arguably the greatest terrorist of all time. He's going to get everybody for no reason at all. Why did he have to die? God decided it was his time. What a fucking asshole! And I think there's a God conspiracy. Don't you? I mean, why are there only like five popular representations of the Almighty in this world we live in right now? I mean, what happened to the other ones? What do we got? Buddha, Yahweh, Krishna, Christ, Allah, maybe a couple other ones. I mean, what happened to Zeus? Oh, he just disappeared. <laughs> Who took Zeus out? Where the fuck is Thor? That guy had a hammer. <laughs> I've got on a pretty good information that Jesus took Zeus out. <laughs> Apparently, before he turned the other cheek, him and those 12 guys were bad motherfuckers. 
and they cleaned the whole sky out of those freaky, weird, incestuous Greek gods. Hey, Jesus just said, you can't fuck your daughter. I don't care who you are, God or no God. Let there be one. So that bit, I mean, terrorists got New York, God got L.A., and then the point, <laughs> he's going to get everybody for no reason at all. Like, yeah. the terrorists get them. <laughs> Just <laughs> the, his the time. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a funny point. Um, and that, because God decided it was his time. How many people just say, oh, it was his time. Like, it was, you know, it was God's will. <laughs> all right. That's a dick move, God. And then... <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but in going through history class when I was a kid and we'd learn about the Greek gods, one of the first things I would think of is like, what happened to them? And, uh, right. and he'd say, I mean, small. I don't know. What, like, what was your, what were your thoughts on that as a kid? Like when you're in history class and you're learning about these gods and then all of a sudden, what, we're down to, we're down to three? Well, by the time I was 13, I was like an atheist, but it like, but before that, I, by the time I was in sixth grade, I was, uh, very religious, uh, enough that I was like praying every night, you know, like in my head, mm-hmm. not out loud, but just kind of like, make sure grandma's safe. Can't wait to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um. Zeus is my go-to whenever someone goes, well, why, how come? And I'm like, well, what do you think of Zeus? That's exactly how I feel. So just, and they're like, nah, okay. You know, but, um, I mean, it does seem absurd. You're like, well, Zeus is totally different. But it's like, no, it's just not harped on as much. And it is a little bit, a little bit more absurd. Not even quite, if you think about it. I would love to go to a, (laughs) like a church. Greek Greek mythology, like you're driving down the street, and you're just like, oh, there's a Pizza Hut, there's a TD, uh, it's a, well, Parthenon. Uh, let's go stop there. Yeah, but let's the yeah. Pantheon. <laughs> the Pantheon. Let's go to the Pantheon. You know, in Paris, that's true. You can just go to the Pantheon, but no one's going there to because they're all so strictly Catholic. They're like, this is old. You know? <laughs> well, the this architecture is, just, is great, but it doesn't mean anything to us. Just but, history. Yeah. <laughs> but the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's all the same thing. Like, each generation has their interpretation of what's happening in the world. And at that point, nobody could explain lightning. So the only logical explanation, logical explanation was a dude was throwing it. Yeah. Right. I mean. Exactly. Someone's angry. Someone yeah. is clearly angry. I mean, yeah. with this electricity. Well, we don't even know what that is yet. But, you know, like... Like, think about it. You don't even know what electricity is. So you're just like, and then you're like, oh, but remember, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Think of an old Greek name. It, remember him? He uh, he got Dionysus. struck by lightning. And yeah. Clearly, he was a bad person. Just right. Wasn't. He deserved it. Whew. He must have done something to to make that happen. I like to think that I, I like to think that the Book of Leviticus was written like <laughs> some dude was jerking it in his tent, and then like a volcano erupted, and he was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> uh, so like right, like right when he came. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has to be me. Like how arrogant, like how self-centered do you have to be to think? Yeah. My mom used to tell me when I was a little kid, I was scared of thunderstorms. So my mom used to tell me it was angels bowling in heaven. <laughs> So I was like, man, there's a lot of bowling going on. That's why they call it lightning strike. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 
Yeah, you guys ever hear that Jack Handy? Uh, one of my favorite Jack Handys is about how like God, it's raining, and uh, his mom tells him that it's God crying, and then he goes, "Well, why is God crying?" And his mom, his mom responds with, "Well, it must have been something you've done." No, yeah, favorite Jack Handy bits. Check it out. Just he was crying because he was Jack Handying. <laughs> <laughs> You can't laugh at that. And then he's like, oh, Jesus took Zeus out. I mean, that's that's kind of a funny way of talking about how uh, Christianity uh, eventually like defeated a lot of pagan religions um, in, a, uh, in a fun, almost like Marvel comic-esque way. So he yeah. was basically, he was. Ba- I mean, I wonder if he got, how much inspiration he got for his current bit on, on his special now from this, like, he mentions Thor, Jesus taking Zeus out. Jesus was a bad motherfucker. I mean, you got to think that, you know, even though he put this bit on an album, like the the thought was still there mm-hmm. uh, as he got to today. Um, but I, I think uh, I think a good way to uh, poke fun at religion in a way is to ask the questions that you would ask as a kid, as an adult, and then frame them like from that point of view for me like what happened to the greek gods that's a question i had as a kid and mark maron answers that in a bit you know i mean yeah sure that's one way to to tackle religion Uh, Mm -hmm. the the questions that you have as a kid right there's always a definitive answer if not then uh i don't know that's just the way it is that's that's just the way it is i i hate getting answers to questions that aren't answers yeah, I think that's part of the reason people start leaving the church is when they get these weird answers. You're just like, okay, something's up here. If there's anything yeah. that's ever made me skeptical, it's people's own inability or, you know, it's like they they do it to themselves, honestly. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're that bad at this? There can't be a guy. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, man. You would think there would be some sort of really, just really good answer if it was true. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just. I don't even like getting into this. I feel like I'm just stepping on eggshells all the time. So I'm just like, well, I mean, that's, it's, that's how you, that's how they get people to, I mean, you, you can't bring people along if, if there's no sense of like mysticism, it's like, I don't know, you're just going to have to wait till the next movie to find out. Like, like I feel like talking to ancient priests would have been like talking to the showrunner on like, uh, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead when you're like, well, is Jon Snow still alive? And they're like, well, you're just gonna have to wait till next season to find out. We haven't figured it out either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is what they're saying. I'm making it up as we go along and we don't know yet. Do you have yeah. a suggestion? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, people who ask too many questions were labeled as heretics because it's like, yeah, nobody likes to be proven wrong. And if you don't have an answer for something, it's better to say, well, that's just God's will. Yeah. And then people who aren't educated or like who haven't been, you know, who've been forced basically to not read by the people in charge or just, they just have to take that at face value. Well, I think it's kind of crazy that, um, you know, like if, with Christians, when they talk to somebody and there's no response, Christians call that prayer, but a psychiatrist would call that a schizophrenic. Like what's the fucking difference in my eyes? Like, you're still talking to nobody that's that's actually physically there and they're not responding in any way, shape or form. So what's the difference? 
like psychologically, what's the difference between a schizophrenic and a well, person? Schizophrenic does hear those voices, or at least in their brains. Uh, in some but claims, there isn't really a, there isn't much of a difference. I mean, clinically, that's different. I don't. I'm not sitting. I'm not trying to like be an armchair psych- psychiatrist, but uh, yeah, you're talking to people though. It's like imaginary friends, whatever that is. I mean, well, Christians say things like God spoke to me. Yeah, that's a lie. That's what I don't like is when they're clearly lying. Uh, or if they, you can, you can say I have a feeling. I would believe that because you can have feelings. That's totally valid. But when you're like, oh, uh, he spoke to me, you're fucking lying. Or you're, or you, like you said, Jeremy, if they really are hearing voices, then yeah, then that's like. That's like I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a lie. I would say it's their interpretation of like a self-reflective, like it's their consciousness talking to them and not like think, some external entity. So they're, you know, I mean. I don't think it's a devious lie. I think that they are like unconsciously stretching the truth when they say he spoke to me. He didn't speak to you. You're having a feeling. You're having, I guess speak is just, it's just semantics. When yeah, they mean, it can, can be very meditative. It's not like there's like an actual voice. I get what you're yeah. saying. That's yeah, yeah, that's reasonable for sure. I don't think anybody's like. I think very few people are like consciously lying to people. That's the thing. That's why people are like, no, they're not lying to me. Yeah, no one said they were lying to you. They're just being sort of dishonest with themselves simultaneously with others. Right. I mean, the back of your uh, head. Yeah. I mean, it's it's your own subconscious, like you know, your conscience, so to speak, uh, you know, kind of telling you what's right, what's wrong. Um, for me, like prayer can be very meditative because um, it gets you, it allows you to focus on like what you want and where you are, but putting it into the hands of somebody outside of my control, like I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with saying like, oh, it's in God's hands. And I was like, no, I can, it's in like, if to say that he's an actual like thinking entity, like, I would, if, if I were the head of an organization, I would want my people to work for themselves based off of like, you know, I'm not going to wait for, for somebody to, to come like bail me out. Like there's that parable about the dude who's like waiting on his roof in the middle of a flood for God to come save him. And a helicopter comes and a dude in a boat comes and then he eventually drowns and he gets to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you, why didn't you save me? And God's like, yo, I sent a helicopter and a dude in a boat. Yeah, like I hate it when people say "Let God take the wheel." That's the scariest saying I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, no, don't because <laughs> you can't let go of the steering wheel. No. You just can't. No, but here's my thing. Like I'm, I'm good with the whole the love one another. Like that is the core belief, and that is like that's what makes the world go around. That's what makes humans like communicate and get along with one another. Um, right. We need that. That's like ethics the, the and teaching. morality, physics. Right. Yeah, there's a when yeah. We're talking about steering wheels. We're talking about physics, right? When we're talking about <laughs> when we're talking about like you know morality, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, using that, using that as a guy, yourself, unless you're a masochist, and by which case you should get help and don't do that to others. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> so, um, I think this this gets us into the next bit um, pretty smoothly. It's it's a real quick kind of uh, look at why people are religious.
I think uh, it's a very awkward thing to think that uh, in the world we live in right now, so much violence is done in the name of God because, uh, you know, it's like, isn't it 2002? I mean, come on, you still believe in God? <laughs> <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> that was a long pause. <laughs> There's so many other alternatives, like just being rational and trying to deal with your fear in a grown-up way and stay in the present, as opposed to sit there and go, God, why is my life sucking? Man, I'm fucked. How am I going to get out of this? <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts, where he's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Deal deal with fear in a grown up way, <laughs> or <Yeah. laughs> or be like, God, why does my life suck? Oh, like it's, it's the anxiety. It's, that's just your life trying to break through, or whatever he said. That was funny too. It's I the uh, it, yeah, it's the magic bullet that people are like. Religion is like a magic bullet that people are looking for, um, because everybody's looking for like an easy way to get what they want, and uh, religion provides that. Uh, it, that, that safety, that feeling of safety, um, which I mean, for some people is fine because otherwise they'd probably be crazy. Um, but you know, I mean, I feel like there's a, there's a level of emotional maturity that you need to reach that, you know, people, people don't want to be sad, but it's like, pull yourself up from your bootstraps now. Uh, yeah. come on, wipe those tears. Come to a rational uh, realization, and uh, you can appreciate your life again, and you'll value it more. But whatever, I mean, you know, well, people people feel safe in their uh, in their religious beliefs, and that's like that's that's why it's important not to punch down on them uh, when you're on stage, like because yeah. now now you're taking away their safety net uh, on a subconscious level, and now they're, they're you know their fight or flight is kicked in. Uh, you don't want right. that in an audience member, right? That's true. It's not their fault. They're, they're the way they are. It's, I mean, it's just a chain reaction. Right. It's that empathy, you know, you gotta, you gotta be empathetic to an audience of people who, uh, you know, were brought up in completely different home life and have completely different life experiences. And like, you know, if you, that's why it's important. If you're going to punch down on them, uh, you have to do it in a way where they don't even realize you're doing it. And that takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of, um, understanding of, writing and psychology and just getting up and crashing and burning until it works. Psychology is like, whether you realize it or not, you got to use psychology with comedy. I mean, if you want to do it in a very like masterful way, I mean, obviously you don't need psychology to do comedy. You can approach it in many different ways, but that's one way that you can really get in there and do it's like magic tricks, you know, and you're getting people to whoop, whoop, slight a hand, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and he does, uh, he does a great job of that. There's a bit that he does and, uh, tickets still available that, uh, that was a, that was a joke on sold out the name sold out for a sh yeah. uh, of a comedy. I love that. Yeah. No, his, like his first couple albums, uh, not sold out tickets still available. And then, uh, <laughs> was the final engagement. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then he goes off you know, from that. I'm sure he had a, plan in place before he even produced any albums that that's what he would call them which right. is funny uh, it's good inside baseball all right bitter jesus is is good <laughs> this is such a great framing <laughs> i love it i don't know what part we played in it and i just want to say that i think that being angry at jews for killing christ is really the wrong angle to take let me explain
I think instead, just entertain this. I think maybe you should thank us for killing Christ. Because think about it, if he doesn't die, you don't have much of a story. Because that's really why Christ is so popular, is that he died at the peak of his career. He was young, hot, well-spoken from all accounts. I really think it would have been different had he lived longer. Say, had he gotten old enough to get bitter? Please, hear me out. Lighten up, Christians. Judge not. <laughs> and look, you know, if you're Christian, I have no issue with you. I don't. I had to learn the difference between Christian and fucking nut job. <laughs> You know, because I, I was one of those people, I was guilty of lumping them all together until someone said, not all of us are like that. Some of us are just regular Christians. Well, okay. I certainly don't want to mock the myths that define you guys. Now, <laughs> picture, there's a third testament to the Bible. At this point, Jesus is in his 50s. He's got one apostle left. And the book opens with him knee-deep in water saying, I used to be able to fucking do this! <laughs> I think that'd be a different Jesus. I think you should be happy for the one you have. Imagine that, the apostles are going, come on, Jesus, come on in, it's not your day. Come on, stop yelling at the water, please. People are gathering for the wrong reasons, please, Jesus. Come on, we'll go to the deli, we'll have that sandwich you like, you know. Is that wrong? Is it wrong? Mm. I don't know. He was, you know, for, for Jewish magicians, he was pretty good. <laughs> but there have been great Jewish magicians since him, you know. Houdini could have been the next Jesus if he surrounded himself with the right people. <laughs> he got a better name. But he wasn't thinking along those lines, you know. I mean, okay, Jesus could walk on water. But if he fell in with a straitjacket, could he get out? <laughs> oh, that is such a great framing. Uh, <laughs> for Jewish magicians, he, he, was, good. he was pretty good. Yeah. Which, again, uh, pokes holes in Christianity, first of all, by saying Jesus is Jewish, which he was. Like, a lot of Christians still don't. Haven't come to terms with that. Uh, no, Jesus. You know, there's that bit. There's what? that bit in his special where he talks about how he. I think he was saying he had a dispute with his friend about whether Jesus was Jewish or Christian. It's like he's not wearing his own cross on the cross. Where he's like, "Oh, that's. It's funny. This is just like I'm on the cross." And he's like, "Oh wait, that's me." You know, like the little guy. That's me. That's I was wondering what that meant. The uh, just the the blaming jews for killing jesus like there are some people who are still bitter about that which come on get over it uh <laughs> but then he makes a point as to why you should get over it uh, i mean he opens you should thank us for killing jesus and i'm sure even the people who are agnostic even the people who aren't like super christian were like well i don't know if i'm here for this joke yeah. and then uh, and then he makes his point well you wouldn't have much of a story if we did <laughs> like 
that's your thing, uh, yeah. which is 100% true. And even even the staunchest of, of Christians would be like, yeah, no, you're right. That's that's a valid point. It's like the the 27 Club or whatever. But, but he didn't 27. He, he, like Kurt Cobain and all these other people. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, man. Would, would Nirvana have turned into like Nickelback? <laughs> Probably. Was, yeah. They turned into the Foo Fighters, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Um, so, and then, and then he goes into describing Jesus, uh, which is great. The visual, like he's, he peak Jesus. He's young. He's hot. Uh, <laughs> Because, I mean, think of it, he's like, when you picture Jesus on the cross, he's dude's cut, and he's always, like, very good-looking in the, in, the, in the painting, so he's kind of playing off of that. And then, uh, <laughs> and then fast, fast forward to when Jesus is 50 and bitter. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so he's making up a story, like, he's continuing. So he's making up something that isn't real, which is what softens the blow for a lot of people, uh, for, like, a lot of his, his audience, because... He's using something that we're all <laughs> like we, we're all familiar with, and that's getting older and getting bitter. Of, yeah. you know, about things like what would Jesus be like? He's yelling at the water. <laughs> like I used to be able to do this. He only has one apostle left. It's such it's such a good picture that he's painting that you forget almost that he's like making fun of your religion. Right. Uh, <laughs> he he has a couple of, of jabs in there though. Uh, lighten up Christians judge not like that's a great way to get people back. Cause that's one of their core rules core beliefs, you know, yeah. only God can judge. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he uh, separates regular Christians from nut jobs, which chances are the nut jobs are probably not at a comedy show. So you're fine. And then he jabs them. He's like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mock the myths that define you, <laughs> or I'm not going to mock the myths that define you. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then he goes on with this hypothetical of fifties Jesus, which is so funny. <laughs> the more I think about it, like the funnier it is. <laughs> like Jesus is balding. Like, I mean, that could go in so many directions. Like, hmm. like if you can create a hypothetical uh, that didn't happen, like Jesus doing something that he was not in the Bible that was like, but also make it real. So he frames it in the way that Jesus is a just a classic fifty year old that's just jaded by life, <laughs> and uh, it it makes that hypothetical palatable uh, <laughs> for a lot of people. So that's a that's a great way to do it. Um, and then he makes a point, and a lot of his specials after that one, I noticed that he brings up like he separates regular Christians from uh, from the nut jobs, for example from final engagement he has just a really short bit on on uh, fundamental christians that is uh, that's really good and i'm not uh, don't misunderstand me you know if you want to be christian that that's fine you can be whatever you want to be uh, i just appreciate it if you weren't fucking out of your mind is that too much to ask <laughs> I have problems with certain types of Christians, like this kind. I was doing a show in Aspen, Colorado. There were 400 people in the room. I did a couple of jokes that had a religious flavor to them. A woman stands up in the middle of 400 laughing people says, that's offensive. I'm a Christian. Fuck you. That's it. <laughs> and walks that's out. It. He doesn't really like dive into that anymore. <laughs> But <laughs> I mean, it is kind of self-explanatory. I yeah. mean, not that he couldn't go into it, but it's like, it's funny on its own even. 
just I'm a Christian. Fuck you. I love how she cursed. Like he doesn't even have to. He doesn't even have to write a joke after that. It's just it's there. There it is. Such a Christian to get offended, but yet not enough of a Christian to not say fuck you. I find that funny. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to elaborate on that at all. Everybody's with him on that joke. Yeah. <laughs> We all know that person. Uh, I mean, I would think like he was raised Jewish, but he. I don't think. I don't think Jesus was any religion. I think Jesus just had, I a, had a. I had a comparison. I forgot what it was though. It was like so and so is not this because they are the. I forgot what it was though. I thought of it the other day, but yeah, he's Jewish. And he was raised Jewish, just like uh, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. Right. He just had a message. He doesn't worship himself. If he worshipped himself, that would make him Christianity is defined by worshiping Jesus. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. I get what uh, you're saying though, because his own belief system—he was like a crit, like he was being Christian in his Christian ways. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know that makes sense. I get that. There's a, there's a confusion there for sure. Well, I I love the uh, you know the Chris like uh, the the Hebrew text. Yeah, I mean that is still accepted by Christians, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, you know, there's only one God, you should only worship one God. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then Jesus shows up and they're like, let's worship Jesus. And it's like, yeah. but the, the commandments say you should only worship one God and not bear false witness or whatever. And, uh, and Christians were like, but Jesus is God too. Trinity time. They, yep, yep, let's circumnavigate this rule. What about Mary? Oh, well, she was chosen. Let's build statues to her, too. Like, I love how they got in trouble. And you know, Moses yelled at him for building statues and worshiping statues. And, and I went to a wedding a few months ago, a Catholic wedding, where in the middle of the wedding, like, the bride was given a crown of flowers. And they took it over to uh, the Mary statue and bowed in front of it. It's like, I feel like you're going against your own rules, guys. And then there's all these statues of the saints and then that painting uh, that, that you saw and just like all this deification of, it's very, it's a very hypocritical thing because like religion is a man-made construct and people are flawed AF. Yeah. That's, that's more my issue with it. Is it's parading being this like God given thing, but people made it up. People messed with it. You know, that's, yeah. that's where I'm at. And when I uh, do jokes about my experience with religion, it's more about the things that people do. So it's more about like, you know, the, the culture in like going to a Catholic church, like we sing certain songs. We uh, like, we respond to the priest. The priest says something to us. We say something to them. Uh, so it's very about it's about that it's like the actions that we do that we just all agreed on and that that's funny to me yeah the fact that you know he washes his hands to be symbolic in the middle of, of church and he, like when i was a kid i was an altar server and we brought up a bowl one of us brought up a bowl of water and the other person brought a towel and he dunks his hands in the bowl and then he gets the towel from the other person, and then he sends us on our way. And it's like, what a pretentious way to wash your hands. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> in the day of the coronavirus, he should just have, like, wet naps up there, <laughs> like disinfectant wipes and just do that. Yeah. That's my kind of church. <laughs> he's just, like, got a Purell, and he's like, all right, moving on. Laughing. 
he has a bit on how he goes to the Christian, the, uh, the creationist museum. Did you listen to that one? No, but I won't. Oh, I think, uh, I heard you someone was, touch. I couldn't remember if it was Marin, but either way. Well, yeah, he goes to the creationist museum in Kentucky and, uh, and he makes like he makes a joke again. He goes, I, you know, there's a lot of people there that are there for the right reasons, trying to get answers. Is that the Ark experience? Is that the same one, or is that a different one? Yes, but it was before he is before the Ark was built. Like at the end of the joke, he talks about how they're building an actual life size Ark. Yeah. Um, okay. But in the actual museum, there's like there's like animatronics <laughs> of like Bible figures, and he you know he, he talks about how. From the Old Testament, you've got Abraham, and you've got uh, you've got Moses, and you've got Isaiah, and they all have like the crooked nose, and they all look super Jewy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and then across so from them are these like Mediterranean-looking, like G, like uh, uh, Adam and like uh, Paul. I don't know. He he goes into a bunch of different. They don't look Iranian. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then there's this room where it's the Garden of Eden, and there's like a grizzly bear, and there's yeah. <laughs> and there's an antelope, and, and he's like, okay, that's weird. And then and then it continues to get absurd. There's a <laughs> there's a penguin there, and then uh, and then there, you go into the next room, and there's a T Rex holding a pineapple because <laughs> <laughs> they're vegetarians. <laughs> yes, everyone was vegetarian then. What are you uh, doing with the pineapple? Uh, I'm not going to get sucked into a short arm joke. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, don't do that. It passed. Don't do it we would end this podcast. I would find a new host. I would. I would get somebody else to do this with. We got to tell comics that whenever they feel like a hack joke coming, just let it pass. Let it pass. All right. You feel that? Okay, it's gone. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have that sometimes. Like in conversation, I'll just let it slip out of my mouth, and then I'll yeah, just be right. like, "Well, there it is." Sorry. I do it all the time, and I hate it. Yeah, hate it. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Draw attention to it. It softens the blow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he, he uh, so he kind of pokes fun at like fundamental Christian religious beliefs with the absurdity of this museum. That's a real thing. And the point that he makes is like Christianity is about Jesus. This museum had very little Jesus. This museum's purpose is to convince everyone that dinosaurs and people live together. <laughs> like, Haven't you watched the Flintstones? We, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Again, that's another, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure a million people have said that, but it's there. You crossed the line. One more uh, from Thinky Pain I want to talk about, because we've been talking a lot about religion, um, but in this case, he, uh, he talks about a religion that some people who believe this don't like to think of it as a religion, and that's atheism. Uh, so, mm -hmm. fire away, Jeremy. Yeah, I don't believe in God, and I don't... It's not because... It's not, I'm not an atheist. I just... I, I don't call myself an atheist. I just don't give a shit, really. Is that okay? I mean, I think it's a pretty enviable position to be in, because it, it pisses people off more than atheists. Because... <laughs> Like, if someone goes, do you believe in God? You're like, nah, I don't give a fuck. They're like, well, what does that even mean? Pick a side. What the fuck? Atheists are annoying. They're annoying. And, and I don't, like, I, I think they just like to, they're control freaks who like to argue. They like to win. They, you know, they're buzzkill poetry assassins. I don't understand, you know, what it is they're after exactly. And now they think they're the minority voice. You know, they're like, come on, we're the minority voice. We have to have our point of view too. And why isn't our voice out there? Because it's shrill and annoying and no one really wants to hear it. But that's really the only reason. And we understand your point. It's just when you talk about it, we just hate you. 
And uh, and I certainly wouldn't want to have lunch with an atheist because I know where that goes within 10 minutes. I'd be just screaming like, all right, you're right. Shut up. You win. What do you need? And you're not even talking about God. You're just talking about lunch or anything. They're just annoying. Now, my bigger question about atheists is that has there ever been a moment where they've actually talked a believer out of their God? And what does that moment look like? If that is their agenda, what does that moment look like given the atheists that perhaps you know? Seriously, all right, I've created an analogy. I picture it going like this. There's some dude just walking down the street. You know, it's, you know things have been hard for him. And he's probably thinking like, no, oh, you know, things aren't going well. But you know, I got God in my heart and that makes me feel better. You know, he's like, you know, he gives me hope that things are gonna be okay. God's looking out for me. And then out of the bushes jumps an atheist. <laughs> There's no God, you're living a lie. There's no proof, you believe in a cartoon. It's a delusion, stupid. <laughs> and then the guy just goes, oh, I never thought about it like that. Oh no. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's no God. Everything's just bad. It's just bad. What does an atheist do at that moment? Boom! Who wins? Yeah! Oh, I won. I'm going to go tell my shitty friends. My point is, there are no atheist soup kitchens. So just shut up. And if there were, if there were an atheist soup kitchen, no homeless people would go there. <laughs> uh, I love that point. We, um, I don't know. I love that angle that he takes because it's like I thought that too. What's going to happen? Like, what do you think is going to happen, atheist? When you think somebody's just going to be like, oh yeah, no, you're right. So it's, it's a fun <laughs> yes. way to kind of look at that. I mean, any. Any religion, you know, any belief system, if you're trying to use fact-based reason to sway people's emotions, <laughs> you don't know how people work. Right, yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's a great way to kind of poke fun at the other side of the equation and give, uh, give some positive kudos to Christianity. Because, I mean, Christianity has done a lot of good for people. You know, the soup kitchen bit, the soup kitchen joke, like, you know, there aren't any atheist soup kitchens. So that makes another point about like, what's better for society <laughs> yeah. right now? You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing. What my thoughts would be is just play into that stereotype. Well, it's not really true. Uh, I think what he's doing is he's taking a stereotype of atheists and taking it to the extreme when really a lot of these atheists have grown up or terrible religious upbringing, and this is the backlash of that. So really, it's kind of like religion caused the atheism in a sense, but that depends on who we're talking about. I mean, some people are just assholes. They're, maybe they were raised atheist, and they're just assholes. I used to be that person. I used to be very outspoken, and now I just shy away from it because there is that stereotype and because I've gotten over it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have a lot more emotional integrity and maturity and intelligence and all that. And I know that it, it messes with people, but there's a fine line. You know, you, you should criticize religion, but don't just be like, oh, it's not worth trying to convince people all the time, but it's not bad to have a conversation and it's right. your mind. Either. It's, it's very weird because it's sort of become like where you say, oh, Christians are stupid. And it's like, oh, atheists are stupid. They're all assholes. And it's like, yeah, well, this, you're, you're making a, a, you're conflating a lot. 
And I think it's all a matter of what you're saying in the moment and who's saying it. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not, it's not all that simple, you know? No, nothing um, is. No. And yeah, as far as convincing, it's just like politics. There's emotion involved. People don't want to look at things objectively. And what's really the purpose? What you really should be doing is trying to get at what the point is, not what the thing, you know, it's not like you're trying to convince people there isn't a God. Just try to convince them to be good people, I think is right. important. I think morality can exist outside of religion, but it may not be easy for some people. You ever see people that are religious, like, well, so nothing matters? Well, no, no one said nothing matters. <laughs> There's nothing to do with it. You just assume that because someone tells you to do something that you should do it when really it should be self-evident. You should say to yourself, well, I feel pain. Others feel pain. I don't like the way pain feels. Therefore, we should be good to one another. It's very simple. It's an extremely mm-hmm. simple concept. And that is if you aren't messed up in the head too. Because if you are, then you would want to put pain onto others, maybe because you've experienced trauma in your life or something, you know, some other psychological stuff that I can't, I'm not, I don't know anything enough about to go into, but you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, you just have to uh, just try to be empathetic is, is, is important. Yeah. Cause it seems- at the end of the day, if you don't want people, if you, if you don't, if what your point is, is to stop human suffering, which is like kind of the ultimate point and you don't want religion to ruin things and cause suffering and societal decay. You don't want to, you don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. You know, just be uh, good. Yeah. At the core of all major religions, I mean, even, you know, Wiccanism, even like, I mean, even some of the more fringe beliefs is something along the lines of treat other people how you want to be treated. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it just boils down to that, but then humans got involved. It's like making up a, a game when you're a kid, like you go out in the yard, you're with your friends, you start coming up with rules and then somebody like finds a way to get an unfair advantage. And then you change the rules. And now all of a sudden there are so many rules that you forget what the game even is in the first place. It's like, it just right. boils down to that basic principle. Like, well, how do you want to be treated? Treat other people in that way. And like, at, and at the core of each of these beliefs is that, and then there, and that inevitably creates peace. And, uh, and it's not like who's right, who's wrong. It's what can we do to make each other better? And, uh, that's my, that's my qualm with religion is it's, you know, it's become like a compartmentalized, like a categorical, like, Oh, I'm Christian. I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm Islam. No, you're people like, you all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. And that yeah, is resource power. power. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. That's the only thing that really corrupts people is resources and power. Power and resources are kind of interconnected. And if you aren't corrupted by those things and you're not mentally ill, I think anybody can be good and, and create a good society. If we can get rid of those things, yeah. I think we'd be good. We'd be good off, better off. I've said many times, I don't want people to be smart. I'd rather them be... Uh, caring and cooperative because the intelligence will follow yep you know um not the other way around if you're intelligent but you're an asshole you're gonna still destroy everything look at hitler yeah. he was a genius <laughs> just kidding by yeah. the way <laughs> no one laughed i'm like no. <laughs> no the guy was actually an idiot he ran the government the way trump does it's just like it's dysfunctional it's gonna fall apart at some point but it works for a to a point and it's like one of those things where just i don't know everybody's looking for that magic bullet you know 
that's yeah. what it is. And then that's what, that's what Hitler provided. That's what, um, in a lot of sense, like certain people are looking for when they join a religion or they join, you know, a cult or whatever. Um, man, I could go on about this forever. I mean, we could go into like other, you know, shared beliefs. Conspiracies are a magic bullet. Yeah. For yeah. Or at least it's, it's, it's sort of like the key to the salute. You're like, oh, everything makes sense now when really it doesn't. But it's like, uh, it's yeah. like invoking God. It's That's invoking that like, uh, oh, it's up to God, you know, or God knows or that mystery will be revealed later. It's like the same yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's a that's a whole other uh, episode of conspiracy theories. But um, no, I mean, I think I mean, this is just one person's take on religion that we kind of weaved in and out of uh, today. I don't know, like, I mean, he has different ways that he brings it to an audience. And you have to remember that you are dealing with emotional people, people whose beliefs are rooted in emotions. The only way to get them to go along with you if you're going to be telling jokes about these deeply rooted emotional things is to impact their emotions. Like you're not gonna get up there and explain to them why, like scientifically speaking, God is real. Like that's not gonna work or my faith is better than yours better. for this reason. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make you feel better. Um, and it's so if you're going to try to get people to laugh at something like that, you have to play on, the, on, their, on their good emotions. Like that's, that's, where you, that's just the starting point. And then, and then comes like being able to, to write a good joke and, and you know, create an analogy like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. But just the starting point is you have to remember that you're dealing with people's emotions and baggage. You can't laugh at that. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, what, what, if you could sum this up into like one way you can laugh at that. Uh, um, what is that? May the force be with you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Forever, right? You did touch on empathy a lot, and and and, and people's psychology of their emotions and, and their rationality, and the, the sort of the irreconcilability of those things, often as they are. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we really kind of we repeated a lot of things in a lot of different ways. I don't really feel like summing it up. I mean, it, it did go back to emotions a lot. Um, I don't know. I think. I mean, I think definitely check out Mark Maron's special. Um, Very good. Yeah, Love his style. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not so much. Jo there are jokes, but they. I mean, they're funny and they function as jokes, but they're still uh, anecdotal or whatever story based. I love that. It's good. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's very nonchalant. Like it's almost like he's just following a stream of consciousness the whole time. Right. Uh, when funny. you know, like he's not. Don't do that. <laughs> if you're new. Don't do that. Uh, right. Uh, you're not going to be good at it. No. I hate using the word organic, by the way. It sounds so dumb now because everybody uses yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. What's the word of the week? What's the word of this year? Uh, uh, the narrative. Uh, <laughs> it's like, shut up. Heard it's, it. okay. it's yeah. dumb now. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. We'll, we'll have to talk about it. But until then, remember that no matter what, no matter how bad it may seem, no matter how... I don't know, <laughs> depressing it may feel, there's always a way to laugh at that. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.